Hello and welcome to 141 Studio. My name is Ryan Whiting, and as always, I am here with my friend, my compatriot, the left wing to my terrible, terrible striking partnership. That's Paul Cushing. I mean, I, I like to um, I like to float across the the like that midfield line three as as just like whatever. Uh, spaces available. Sometimes I'll be in the center, sometimes I'll be on the left, sometimes I'll be on the right. Because sometimes I like to cut in on the right and score some straight bangers. You'll uh, you'll track back on the left, and you'll like it, Paul. I'll track back on the right too, and I'll track back in the center. I'm a I'm a I'm not I'm not rotating down. Is I'm what a, I'm telling you. So you're not. Wait, aren't we golden retrievers? Ah, uh, that has been discussed. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not chasing the ball. I'm staying up top and 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 jogging. That's not what a golden retriever does. You're right. I'm a very lazy target man nine. <laughs> I'm five eight for those who are listening. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You got to press a little bit. You got to press one of the center backs. Sometimes. All right, I'll pretend. Yeah, yeah pretend, <laughs> pretend for me. Just, <laughs> just fake it for me. It's fine. I'll, I'll get over right. it. Like, like Harry Kane in a game that doesn't matter. I'll pretend to press. Yeah, yeah. Just fake it. Fake it. Just fake it. Just <laughs> enough so I believe you. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> shots fired early at Tottenham. So in block A, we're going to talk here about the transfers that have happened. Yeah, we, we should we should go over the transfer window ending here and uh, the amount of money spent uh, in the Premier League specifically compared to the other leagues. And, and also just some of the, the deals that were made because... Because crazy things happened in this market that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So I feel it's important that we talk about those things. Uh, specifically, there's one team like that everyone has been talking right, about. Right, there's really only one team to talk about. Like, there were a lot of really good signings in the Premier League. And then there were a lot of signings. And the team that did a lot of signings was Chelsea. Was Chelsea, yeah. I, I we, we should go over the fact that the Premier League spent nearly a billion dollars in the January yeah. transfer window, where La Liga spent $25 million. And That's a huge gap. Serie A yeah. in Italy spent like $8 million. Yeah. Right. It's, it's insane how much the Premier League spent and everyone else did not. Right. The the other countries are are crying about the the expenditure and like how the Premier League is running away from all the other leagues and this and that and this is my retort to that in a way but I do because I do actually think they are going to run away because of the amount of money they make every year like they are essentially yeah. like the NFL or the NBA they they just right. are piling money upon money in La Liga and Ligue 1 and mm-hmm. all the other leagues haven't caught up yet and they mm-hmm. they're going to struggle to catch up in some way those leagues had their time spending the most on players yeah Doing, spending the most money on 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 uh, transfer fees and salaries and this and that. Like Italy was in the '90s, Spain was in the 2000s. You know, like those leagues did have their times where they were dominant. Like they were the everyone wanted to go to Spain or everyone wanted to go to Italy. So that right now, the Premier League having this dominance is a big thing. But I feel there is a slight exception in this in this case because I do feel that. The Premier League has such an advantage, such a great numerical advantage at this point that it might be hard for some of these other leagues to catch up and, and, and move in a different direction. It feels like the Premier League is becoming, uh, should we say that word? Is that is that banned? Is it like is like the the man who shall not be named? Is it that kind of thing? No, I, th- I think it's fair to sort of start sending a, like allusions to the fact that it is the Premier League 
Is the Super League actually the Super League? Is it the Super League? It might be. It might. It, it feels it might more be. and more like it could be because I mean, Bournemouth, who are you know they're struggling to stay up, mm-hmm. spent nearly a hundred million dollars on players at the end of the window. Something where it's like sixty to sixty to eighty million dollars on players at the end of the window. That's a lot of money. Nottingham Forest, who came up this past year, have bought thirty players, three zero thirty players since they came up in the summer. Thirty. That's insanity. That's a whole new side. That's that's six more than you can register. Yes, it's like it doesn't make any sense. It's like how does that happen? How is that occurring? How is that you know? And you're just wondering like how. Some for now and some for later. Some, some for now and some for later. Keep us up and we'll get rid of those guys that, that helped us stay up and then we start building to be like a mid-table side yep. and then we build to be a European side. And it's just sort of fascinating that these things are occurring. Perhaps the biggest indicator is that a player was sold who actually played for Juventus to Leeds United, which is in a relegation, relegation dogfight. Dog yeah, yeah, and and that doesn't sound great. Like that's not great for for the Italian league's health. Yeah, McKenney is a good player, and he started for Juventus for like a good portion of the season and yeah. great portions the last couple seasons, and now he's going to a Leeds team that is like fighting to to for their status in the Premier League, and they could go down, and it, it's just because of that whole. There's eight teams right now. I saw the number. It's it's from. 12th to 20th, or 12th to 18th, which is the bottom, is six points yep. currently right now. From 13th to 20th, it's it's three. Or it's, it's us. It's uh, No, excuse me. It's six right now. But it's 13th to 18th is three points. So any any game, the teams could be up and down going through this whole thing. And I, it's fascinating because that, that could happen. There could be a team in 12th in the last week of the season could go down. Yeah. That final crazy. game of the season. That's, that's, I think, of what could happen in, the, in, in this league this, this year. Absolute heartbreak. Yeah, if you're in twelfth and then you're relegated, that has never happened. I don't think that's happened. I think maybe fifteenth. You could have been fifteenth and been relegated. That would that's kind of heartbreaking. But to be twelfth and to be relegated like the day after because you lost like two to one, you lost a heartbreaker to someone two to one, and the other team won like five to two or something. And yeah, and you know it'll just be Everton that it happens. Oh, you think so? They didn't do anything. If anything, they they sold their best player. And they're looking to try to stay up, which is sort of fascinating. He, uh, so he played for us today. Yeah, he did. He came off the bench, right? Yep. And he did uh, all right. He was okay. And they had a breakaway. West Ham did. And Gordon tracked back. And he kind of got in front of the other guy. Mm -hmm. But then he also pulled his arm a little bit, Mm -hmm. knocked him off balance, scooped up the ball, moved it along. And, uh, and I was like, yeah. That's why we got you. Yeah, he just does all that of it. little bit of dirtiness there. Like he's that's, good. Yeah, he's gonna be a good player was, for you guys. Yeah, he's, he's what won me over a little bit. Where he was just like, yeah, all right. I guess tough. I'll I'll yank him. Tough. He's tough. He's gonna be a tough little cookie. Yeah. Like he's great for Eddie Howe. He's gonna be great yep. for that team. Um. Anyway, so we're gonna we should get back to Chelsea because I think Chelsea is really the epitome of what is going on, the madness that is occurring. Um, Chelsea is madness. Full stop. That's the end of that sentence. We can go to the next one. Do you know what they're what they're doing? Like, what's their strategy here? Um, the strategy is buy all the great young players, not necessarily know what the system is, but and then just hopefully find the like the right mix. It's like throwing something at the wall and like having some stuff stick and being like, okay, we have those, mm-hmm. and now we'll get rid of the rest of them, and then we'll do it again, and I'll get rid of because it really feels that way. This reminds me of almost is like. 16 years ago 17 years ago when when Chelsea 
was bought by Roman Abramovich. He did the same. It was the summertime, but he did the same thing. He just, just started buying bananas, all these and he players. spent more money in one summer than most teams had spent in the three or four years previous. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, teams, the other teams, the other mm-hmm. nineteen teams. He spent more money in that year, and you sit there and you go, "Wait a second, what is actually happening here?" And Chelsea have done it again. They've done the same exact thing in the last two windows. They've spent over six hundred million dollars. Something like that, six hundred million. So it's a ridiculous number. It's like six or seven hundred million dollars in two windows, which is insanity. And I can't even believe I, the fact that they got the Enzo deal off the line. Enzo Fernandez was bought on the last day of the deal. Was just sort of you sit there and you're you're looking at everything and you're going, how did they? How are they going to? How did they do this? How do they do this? <laughs> right? How did this happen? How did this happen? And you realize it's because Todd Bully found a loophole in the FFP rules where base so when a transfer fee is agreed upon it's based on the player's yearly contract and they split up the transfer fee over the yearly contract so that's part of the thing so like what Todd Bowley did was decided to go hey we're gonna pay a hundred million for Mudrick uh who came in this 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 uh this transfer market and we're going to pay and we're going to sign a deal for him for eight years. So like now it goes to like $12 million increments and same they did the same thing with Enzo Fernandez. So they, they agreed to a $120 million thing and $140 million American deal. Yep. And something, something ridiculous like that. And what they did is they spread it over nine years because they signed a nine year contract with Enzo Fernandez. I think his, his contract ends in 2031, which is like, wait a second. So he'll be 31 when the deal ends. And FFP were like uh, UEFA and FIFA were like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do this. Right. This will be changed. Yeah. At the end of the year. Immediately. Yeah. Um, it's like we're going to do this immediately. Well, and the thing is, too, legally, a lot of other countries, you're only allowed to have five year contracts. That's the maximum. Yeah. So like Todd Bowley found this loophole and he's like, oh, I can spend all this money. And the idea is that they'll be great eventually. So maybe they're not great now, but they'll be good. But they, but they will have the players. They will have the players. So like eventually, they they have to be good because they have the great players. It's very like NBA style. It's like oh, mm-hmm. let's get all the great players together. But even in the NBA, that doesn't always happen, right? Right. So like, it, it doesn't have, always gel. It doesn't always gel, and the thing is, it doesn't always work. And the idea, like all these great teams, like Manchester City and Liverpool, the last like four or five years. They've all had a very specific plan in place to, for these things to work. Like, Liverpool had a very distinct profile of player that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, have they strayed from that recently? Yes, I think they have. And they've struggled. And I think age has come in there. And there's a, there's a bunch of... We, gotta, we should talk about that at some weird, point. They're a little bit of a beast, mess right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and Manchester City is Pep. Pep. He knows exactly what he Pep needs in players, and he's yeah. and he's been trying to find little deals in the market because he doesn't. He knows that like the money, money doesn't buy the best players all the time. You have to f- seek the market and find the things that you really need. And so, like sometimes he'll spend a lot of money on a player, but in reality, he really needs these things. And actually, he spent a little bit of money, only a little bit of money in this past window in the summer and this this uh, winter. Like they've been looking at young players to see if they can maximize. The money that they spend the and system. grow on the system better. And Arsenal have done that as well. I think Arsenal know that they can compete in a very specific range for money. Like they'll, I think they're going to spend big in the summertime. That's when they, they'll spend big. I think they're going to spend some money. I do think Declan Rice will be an Arsenal player in the summer. But I do think like they will look at and splurge in a couple of little areas. And then the other little things, there'll be little pieces here and there. Like Arsenal spent $12 million on Jorginho. And they they signed a really short contract with him so that he's not there forever. Same thing right. with um, and they bought a couple of youngsters too. So they bought Kivior and then Trossard was a great example. So mm-hmm. they got in the Midrick saga thing. They didn't win out. 
it was clear Mudrick was unhappy about it. <laughs> there's also other things happening because <laughs> he, he he's really in Ukraine. Wanted to in go the, to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. The, he's in Ukraine, and there's a lot of craziness happening mm-hmm. in Ukraine, of course, of, with all with the war happening and all of that. But you know, he hasn't looked very happy since he's been there, since he's been at Chelsea. And I think he really wanted to be. He was an Arsenal fan. And I think he wanted to be at Arsenal, and he's at Chelsea. And I think there's like a there's a little bit of that happening. But little bit Arsenal on that one. knew their limit on on Mudrick. And they weren't right. going to go higher than that. And they decided, you know what? Leandro Trossard is available. He's 28. He's in his prime. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player still. Like, he can do all the things that Madrid can, but he's already ready to play. Right. So we'll pay we'll pay 25 to $30 million for him and just know that we already have something ready right now. We and can move him along in a few years. Once he gets a little bit too old, we can find the next... They could move him in the summer. They could move him in, you know, like, move him in a year. They don't have to have him there permanently. Like, they could move him for the same price in a year from now. He's still going to probably be worth $30 million. They'll sell him for 30 They could sell him for the same amount of money and and, and as if it was just a wash. And, like, hey, thank you for winning the title or bringing us really close to winning the title. Here's here's our thank you. You'll go to a team you'll play every week. Right. That could be the thing, you know? So, going to Declan Rice and to tie Arsenal and Chelsea together. Yes. Aside from Mudrick, how much do you think Declan Rice is going to cost? He's going to be eighty. He'll be like eighty or so, seventy-five to eighty. Would he have been a better buy than Enzo Fernandez? It's a possibility. I mean, the thing Chelsea really wanted Enzo Fernandez. Like that was like they wanted him more than anything else. And the thing is, is they've been thinking about Rice for a long time too. It's not like they've they've they they there have been a lot of talks between Rice and Chelsea and all of this. Declan Rice isn't new. Honestly, I think Declan Rice is. I I think people don't realize how good Declan Rice is because he plays for West Ham, and West Ham do a very specific thing. And he might have single-handedly caused a draw against yeah, Newcastle he's, today. He's so good. And the thing is, is like right. in profile comparison, like uh, with Arsenal and like Thomas Partey, these these, mm-hmm. these sort of things. Like he is he is the guy. Arteta, once Arteta signs him, he's going to go into that system. It's going to take a couple months, like maybe three or four months. But like once he gets going there, they're they're going to be really hard to beat because Declan Rice can do all the things Thomas Partey can do, and he's just as athletic. He might be maybe a better ball progressor than Thomas Partey, which is saying something because he's pretty good. And uh, yeah, right. you're going to look at a team that's going to have like two or three players in every position that, can, and also can play in different positions. Like Declan mm-hmm. Rice can be an eight. It's not like he's ideal as an eight, but he can play as an eight. He's really a six, but he can do be the eight if he, they need him to be. So there's, I think Chelsea was just hoping to buy the best players so that they can figure it out, and I think they put Graham Potter in a lot of trouble. Right, I think Graham Potter has a very difficult job. He's gonna. I don't think he lasts. He has a hundred attackers and like three positions uh, on any given night. Well, they, to play him in. Did you see like who they um, dropped out of the UCL squad, the Champions League squad? No, Aubameyang. He's gone. He's not yeah. going to play in the Champions League. That's. I don't know if I disagree with. Uh, that. No, I'm not saying I disagree or there's like right or wrong, but like you're talking about a guy who. You know, known to score goals, like right. his he has a uh, you know an affinity to put the ball in the back of the net. And he's like, oh, I'm going to play. I'll score goals. I'll do the mm-hmm. thing. And now he's just a Premier League player at this point. Right. Not in the twenty eight or twenty six. Yeah. Not in the twenty six for the yeah. UCL. Yeah, it's just rough. And I think the the reality is now too is players are not going to go to the Premier League because they're going to see how many players are at these squads and they're going to go like, no, why would I do that? And right. I think that's I can the go one thing for, that's going to keep Leo, the other league. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one thing that the leagues are going to do that that will like, capitalize is like they're going to these teams are going to be like oh man I'm going to make all this money here mm-hmm. right and then they realize they're not going to play and they're going like nah maybe I'll take a pay cut and play at a 
like prestigious club. Like they'll right. go to Milan or Inter or any of these teams like Juventus and realize like, oh, I can be the man at these places and like have my profile raised, you know, and make a ton of money, still make pretty good money. And, you know, and go into Europe and win, win leagues and win, maybe win champions leagues, hopefully, you know, down the road. And I, I just, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen is that too many, it's all, it's going to get oversaturated and then, right. and then you'll see I'm a balancing out. Always surprised that a player like Jack Grealish is okay playing half the year at Manchester City. It's amazing how Pep manages that because a right. lot of those guys don't play 38 games. They play like 26. And but it's amazing. I, if I'm Jack Grealish, why? I could go like, yeah, I guess I win a championship, but but I could also play 38 games. Where would he I go? Could, where do you, where would he go to a top club and play that many games? I mean, he could have stayed where he was at. Yeah, but is Aston Villa going to win a bunch of? Is Aston Villa going to win the league? They're going to go to the Champions no, League? No, probably not. And yes, know, they were better off with that. He could have gone to France. He could, could be PSG. A, he could be not even PSG. Marseille. He could be a contender with Marseille. He could be a contender with OM. It's the problem is then is like Aston Villa had the like they knew how much money they could make from it. And I think that's the real problem. Right. It's had like to, these had other to pull teams the trigger. cannot compete. And this yeah. is the thing is that the mark that's where the market's gonna change. And he is English, so he's always gonna end up staying at an English club. Uh yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. But yeah, so I think the Chelsea thing is gonna be it's an interesting experiment and we'll see how it goes. I don't think Graham Potter's long for this world, sadly. I do think he's a good coach. <laughs> But I not think that he's gonna die. He's just he's gonna leave. He's long gonna for leave the Chelsea. Premier League. Excuse my language. Oh my <laughs> lord! But I do think um, in time, I think I do think they're gonna find someone and he'll put it all together. But Graham Potter is uh, Graham Potter is is gonna struggle. I think it, it's just too much. It's just too much too quickly. And I think he's gonna be the guy that sets every kind of has like something in place. And then the next guy's gonna come in and then right. He's, he'll be the table setter and yeah. And then they'll have a two goal to drive the bus. Yeah. And cool. so yeah. So speaking of Chelsea, we're gonna move right into Chelsea and Fulham because of their first game they had since <laughs> since this transfer market closed. Drew nil nil. Nervy affair. Nervy. Yeah. It just felt. Well, Chelsea just looked really like disjointed still Flat. i think it's just because there's too many they've got too many players i mean a guy we will let's let's talk about this a little bit because was it ziesh started right <laughs> yeah ziesh started and he was sent to psg he was supposed to go he to was PSG in on, paris he was in paris to finish signing his deal at the last second like they had been talking about this for a couple days they're like okay he was in paris at the psg facilities waiting to finish up his stuff for, for his deal. Yep. And Chelsea sent the wrong information three separate times. Right. So it was different information each time. Yeah. And at no point was it the full, complete right. information they had to send. And it, when it was full and complete, <laughs> it was too late. Right. They sent it after the deadline. Yeah. And, like, there's, there's three ways to look at this, I guess. One, Chelsea are inept. Two, Chelsea didn't want to sell Ziyech. And three... Chelsea are really douchey and like we're like yeah Ziyech yeah we'll, right. we'll do your thing we'll like you know like we appreciate all the work they did for us but like oh, man, man fuck you it's not good how however it went down what a mess it right you it, faxing it was faxing what did it what a mess though like if you're oh, like I, it makes me think if you're a player 
and Chelsea is looking at you. Do you really want to go there? Do you really want to go play for them? After how they handled this, you at least got to think about it. And like, yeah, mm. they're going to pay more than most pe- places. Right. Well, but it's just... Yeah. Go somewhere else and get paid close to it. And right. like be ha- like be in a better... Feel better about how this club will treat you. Because Chelsea are treating those players like they're... they right. They look like commodities. That's what it right. looks like. Right. It, it's not great. Nottingham Forest will pay you roughly the same. Right now, they you know, will. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. They're, they're splurging. They mm-hmm. are all out. But it... Yeah. Not great. So he starts the game. He starts... Uh, Connor Gallagher starts. That was a guy who was supposed to possibly go to Everton or one of these he other teams. He was looked teams. at by a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle was in for him. Yeah. And he doesn't go anywhere. It's another guy. He's going to go. He's not staying at Chelsea, even right. though I think he's a really, really good player. He's going to go somewhere. I do think Newcastle is a good spot for him, by the way. I think he'd be a great midfielder for that team. You think he'd be uh, Longstaff? I don't know. Maybe he'll spot. be. He could be Jolinton. He could okay. be like a Jolinton, like uh, you know, supplement. Like so, like Jolinton yeah. will do a lot of the big games or the majority of games, and Connor Gallagher do yeah. the other ones. Because when you get to this point where you're doing Champions League, you're going to need two players you, you for each need, position. Yeah, yeah. And so, and yeah, and it's just sort of fascinating that both of those those players started for that match, even though they were literally on the, they were just about out the door, and all of a sudden they're back in playing, starting. And you could tell that it was weird. Like it was just really not right. It was it would everybody involved was looking at it like I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. So Bill Simmons, sports writer, has a great bit about new owners and how they always sort of just kind of wanna put it on the table what they're about. They all want to make a splash. They all want to show out. They all want to look like they're very good. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of take advantage of new owners a little bit in mm-hmm. trades because they want to make the big trade. Right. And you can be like, oh, yeah, my aging superstar who's amazing. I'll take your three first-round picks and a good young player. Right. Thank you very much. And how much of that might there be with Bowley, where Bowley essentially buys all these players, all these players are being sold, and he doesn't sell any of them, and he's like, you know what they're going to do? They're going to start, <laughs> right? You're going to start these guys because we didn't sell them. And I don't know how much of that is ownership. Mm, that's a good question. I think it's a good thought. I Well, and it's so funny. He was at the game, the foam game, right? Right. He went to that game. And there was a lot of talk about him. He was really exasperated at times. But then he was also <laughs> like on his phone. It was clear he was playing a game on his phone while the game was going on. It was <laughs> nil-nil. I mean, they've ended a nil-nil, but it was just one of those things of like he, what is this to him? Right. What are what are we doing here? Like you're What is this to Todd Bowley really? <laughs> you know? Is it to make it like he's like, Oh, I put all this investment in, like I right. I did the right thing, I did the great thing and it's like, yeah. wait a second, you're not but you're not listening to like what is really what really is needed, you know? Is what, he really what, what listening hobby to Graham Potter is this? Yeah, what what is is he listening to Graham Potter? Graham Potter's a guy who takes like these like these players that are kind of diamonds in the rough in terms mm-hmm. of the great players. Like there are like he I wonder what this is for Graham Potter now. Like, he, does he turn these great players into amazing players, or is he just, you know, like, what's the outcome? Right. How here? bought in is he on this project? Right. How or does he in? know he's going to be fired in a couple years and he's going to bounce back? Right. He'll go somewhere else. Like, he'll go to, like, an Aston Villa or a Leeds or something like that, or Nottingham mm-hmm. Forest or, you know, whatever, like, one of those teams. And all yeah. of a sudden they're going to be, like, fighting for the, the, the European spots again, you know? Right. And, like, and, hey, you know, I'm a good 
coach. It was I'm just really Chelsea. good coach. It's just yeah. Chelsea that same Tuchel can say that. Mm-hmm. Ancelotti can say that. Rafa Benitez can say that. All these coaches can say. Uh, Mourinho can say it twice. Mourinho <laughs> had his longest tenure. Probably had the longest tenure of that whole. You know, but yep. that's it's very Chelsea work differently than a lot of other clubs have ever worked. And right. And so yeah. So this game was more of an indictment of the the, the market than it was anything else. And you look at a team like Fulham who have been really astute in the market, and they're fighting for a European place right now. They're actually doing quite well. They Fulham I have been amazing this year. They're eighth, I think, right now. It's amazing. It's amazing. They're going to stay up, clearly. They're going to stay yeah. up. They're going to be comfortable. They're going to be... They're well and, well and clear. And it's very clear they have a manager they really believe in, and they, they believe in they're going to be able to spend money, maybe not to the, the extent that they tried to in the past, to try to stay up in the past, because they tried to do that before, but... They have a. They actually have a legitimate plan, and I do think they're going to be one of those teams that's just going to be around for a while now because they have the right plan in place, and they know they've learned from the mistakes of trying to buy a million players and think that that's going to work and keep people up. And right, money has never been the issue for right. Fulham. They actually have money. Fulham does have money. I know yeah. it's not one of those things. They don't have crazy money, but they have money the, to, to do the work. The cons are very rich. Yeah. They have they have enough money to to. to, to bankroll up by whoever they want yeah if they really wanted to do it yeah so well that was that was kind of friday and the whole it was just kind of interesting match now um we'll go into saturday morning we'll talk about arsenal losing to everton (laughs) and how arsenal actually looked really disjointed and how good some parts match of the year for you maybe Maybe, yeah. But I think other than the Leeds game, I think Leeds also was one of those games that they won that game, but they were really poor in that match. So Leeds is, like, that's kind of Leeds style. Yeah. They'll make any team look bad when they're playing well. At home, too. Right. Yeah, especially. Yeah. This this match, you just didn't look great against an Everton team that really didn't look that great themselves. I I thought Everton were actually pretty good. I thought they were really good in this game because I think they just caused a lot of chaos. And I, okay. and I, they had a lot of energy, and they just disrupted patterns of play for Arsenal all throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And Sean Dyche had them very organized and knew had a very clear plan to exploit or to disrupt that disrupt Zinchenko and Odegaard particularly because yeah. those are the guys who really kind of create the patterns of play. Just stay on them. Don't let them do what they want to do. And Clog up make the areas they want to pass through. Out. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. And Arsenal, Arsenal particularly, were just not crisp. They usually are very crisp, and they were not crisp. They were very, you know, I don't know, sloppy would be the best word to describe it. Everybody and had to go to their second look because Sean Dyche had them basically yeah, shut down Sean, on their first look. Yeah, Sean Dyche was just, they had the, he had those guys super energized in a play, mm-hmm. and Goodison Park is a cauldron. Those guys, mm-hmm. those fans want to re- like root that team on intensely. Right. You know, they last year when they were fighting off rate relegation, they 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 were in really especially intense, and that atmosphere was something else. Like it's a very that's an intense environment to be in when when they're really up against something or they're like fighting towards something. They're really really intense, and so Arsenal have struggled at Goodison Park. I, I was just gonna this is gonna be quick because Arsenal You're struggled. acknowledge this what. Just just accept that you you're not very good at Goodison Park. Yeah, they haven't played very well at Goodison Park. They haven't won there in five years. There's That's yeah, a lot. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> time. And it, it's and every time that Arsenal have played Everton in the last, I think it's like six of the last seven years, they've played a new manager coming in. It's like the first or second game that they've come in. So 
they it, there's a whole bunch of things that have occurred. Arsenal, I think, are now realizing like the 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 intensity of what needs to come over the next 18 games. I think this was a good wake up call for that, and they play Brentford next week, and I think that's the the challenge for them coming up. If you put Brentford to the sword. I think that you guys oh, yeah. are in the driver's seat. If not, it might start getting tight for they you. They need to win. If they win, even if it's a struggle, if they win, I think it's okay. Because Brentford Brentford are seventh. They're a really good team. They beat Brentford. Even if it's like a 2-1 win, they, they kind of had to hang hang on at the end. I think it's okay because the idea now is just picking up the points to, to, to make it to the end. And the, there is going right. to be a period where not, they're not going to play great. So that's, a, I think, a thing for them. And now, yeah, so... Speaking of top four teams. Manchester United won today. <laughs> with be a red card yeah. with Casemiro. <laughs> he came back to play. So Palace, he got sent off again. I mean, he put his net hands on the neck. Yeah, you can't do that. Can't that's, do that. That's a straight red. Straight no-no. And uh, one can only wonder if all the times he got away with this stuff in Real Madrid came back to bite him here. Oh, I think, too, now he's got a reputation. So Yeah. It's only it's only going to be harder for him, and he's going to have to learn to control himself a little bit more because the English referees will have a different leniency than the Spanish. Right, they they know who he is, and he got away with a lot. And they're going to target him now. Yeah, he's going to be like, oh no 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 no, you're you're a repeat offender. Now we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> right. It's like Jacques we the Jacques syndrome. We know who you are. Yeah, you know, like or who else, other players that used to do that. You know, like it's a it's a they have that syndrome. It's like, oh, yeah. you're that guy. Like, oh, we we already know about you. Like the first time he has a bad tackle, it's gonna be, it could be straight red, and it wouldn't necessarily be. Who that, was so. the defender for Liverpool back in the day when they were like good but not great? Um, Skirnar. Oh, Skirtle. Skirtle. Right. He was one of those guys who kind of had that. Like yeah, anytime yeah. he tucks in for a tackle, you're like, ooh, this could be a red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then he had a reputation for it after a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, he was also kind of a little, little nasty. Was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He Martin did not Scrantle, undeserved. Yeah. Not undeserved. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they, they did the job. They won the game. They're third now. That's great. They're, they're um, yeah, that's a thing. Yep. I mean, I think that's where they'll be. Third, fourth. I think that's where they'll finish. Uh, yeah, they're in a dogfight with the other team that's going to finish third or fourth. Third or fourth. Yeah. Who drew one one with West Ham. Yeah, and that was at first started really well. It looked like you guys were going to blow doors off, we and were then it on became a slog the rest of the game. It just and it, I th- I think that's West Ham. Um, more than anything, I think it's Declan Rice and our lack of Bruno Grimaresh. Yep. Is is what Could happened be that, because yeah. we couldn't play through the midfield. Anytime it went in the midfield, they would overwhelm us, and I think that's that's the lack of Bruno. I think it's part of it, and I also think it's uh, you're looking at a West Ham team who know no, now they're in a dogfight, right? And, and it feels been like they've better re- than they've played. Yeah, they've been better recently too. I would say the last like four or five games, they've shown signs of life, and I think they are going to be okay. But this is a disappointing season, especially right. since the last couple of seasons that you saw some like real legitimate growth from them. They're um, going to be in the bottom half of the table. They should have been higher than I that. I think they should be. And they should be in that like European Conference League place sort of thing, I think. Right. With the amount of money they spent, too. They also That's another team who also spent a ton of money this, this year. They spent like 100 and plus million this year as well. So it's not like, you know, it's just very... That's a, like a weird thing too. Like, oh, West Ham spent 130 million dollars this year or 140 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they did. No problem. Just splash the cash on like uh, Paqueta and uh, Scamacha and all these guys that um, Paqueta was good for them today. Though he's a good player. Like he's yeah. a really good player. 
Like, and he's not at a team where he's going to be able to be utilized properly. <laughs> he's not think. going to be the most he can be on that team. Right. But he could be a bright spot when they need him, right. which right. which might be better depending on how you view the the team concept. Right. But. Yeah. And um, and I, I want to finish off with this because I think this this is a very interesting thing that's happened. Wolves beat Liverpool three 0 and right. Wolves looked. Uh, like Liverpool started so bad in the first fifteen minutes, they were pretty much out of the game. Right, immediately. Immediately, and that was it. At the la- within after fifteen minutes, the game was essentially over. And then, and then, I mean, Wolves added a goal in, in you know the second half or whatever. But yeah, this Liverpool team looks like a team that is either in need of a like a a coaching change, which is wild to say, or there just needs to be an overhaul of the squad completely because it looks like a team who's not like either the players aren't listening to the manager or the manager's just out of ideas and doesn't have doesn't know where to go next at this point. It's so and Klopp brought that up today in his post conference. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what happened in the first fifteen minutes. He's right. I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix <laughs> right. that. There is no enough. way to fix that. Yeah. That's yeah, on yeah. them. And he, like, as as weird as it is to say, Klopp has said many times. I don't think he he expects to stay past year six with Liverpool. Is he at year six right now? I think it's next year. And he, no, he's he's at year six right now. Well, that that might be what it is. Maybe he's prescient, but he's he's long said I he doesn't think that any manager really should stay in that in one place for that long. Uh man, I can't I will disagree with that because I think maybe that he thinks because of the modern game. That's what he yeah. thinks, but it it's been shown that, you know, Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger, I know like at the end it went really wrong for him, but like there are there have been examples where longevity has played a very important part. Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson. These guys have, it, it's shown that those things have brought a lot of success over the course of time. Yeah. Now, maybe Jurgen Klopp feels like it's six years for him. Maybe, I think it's right. a more personal thing than it is like a, a grander it, idea. Right. And um, could be because of his style of play, how he basically burns through legs at a certain point. It's like these guys can't last that long. Right. I know what I'm asking of them. Right. And I think maybe, well, this is where I think this is part of the thing with Liverpool is I think what needs to happen is that if Klopp is going to stay, then they need to send a whole bunch of people out and bring people in. Mm hmm. And especially at center midfield, that center midfield needs to be completely rethought of and re. You know, like there, there's talk about Jude Bellingham being the next guy coming in. Heard about that. You know, and I, I think that's a great player to start with, but that's one player. They need right. like three or four guys to really kind of. They need a whole new midfield. midfield. They need three or four players there, and the the center, the back area, like they, it seems like that that will be fine. They just need the midfield to protect them a little bit better, and up top, they just need the ball more. Mm-hmm. They need, you know, like they need more dynamism. And yeah. it's lacking dynamism in their pressing isn't working anymore. And I think it's because they they don't have the players that can do the pressing that Klopp needs them to do. But this is the other thing, too. This has been happening for months now, right? Klopp also needs to address his pressing with the players and figure out a different way in order for them right. to be more effective as players on the field. And this Change is a, the system. Yeah. And, and, and you could say like, oh, well, he knows the system, like he should stick to it, but he's a professional manager and you should have other things in his pocket in order to, to make things work. And I think, and maybe this is what, this is one of his biggest flaws or biggest, I shouldn't say flaws. One of his biggest like um, lacks as a manager yeah. is that he doesn't necessarily have a plan B or C. 
he has a plan yeah. A, but he doesn't necessarily have plan B or C. And so you, if you fully invest in what he does, that's great. But if not, you're going to have a problem. Right. Yeah. I, I think their, I think their defense has gotten slow. I think injuries have reduced them. I mm-hmm. do not know if they're ever going to get back to who they were. I but think the, that uh, Virgil Van Dyke is done. Is I don't think he's done. He's still a very good defender. He's not top five defender in the world anymore. Well, right? but they also bought like Konate, who's like twenty three. They've right. got guys back there who can do the job. Like I just think I think I think the problem is 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 there's like a whole system that's not working properly, and so mm-hmm. it's exposing. Like the even just a little bit, little slightest like slowdowns of some of these players, you know, mm-hmm. like Van Dyke might have this like half a step that he doesn't have, and in a properly working Liverpool team, it's not wouldn't be a big deal, but because they're not working, it's being exposed very, it's right. being exposed like very brightly to the to the rest of the world. Like, oh, he's lost a little bit, and it's like, wait a second, he's still probably in the top ten of the best center backs in the world. But the thing is, he's not getting the protection that he's not really receiving protection. And in the past, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but now it right. is. Now it is. Now it is. Yeah. Who's getting relegated, by the way? Uh, so it's going to be Southampton, yep. Burnmouth, and our mystery third team. Who do you think? Ooh, it's Southampton. Definitely. They can't. They. It doesn't feel like they're going to win another game at this. No, point. I. Th- they're. They're in dire straits. They'll be fine. They'll go down to the championship. They'll be fine. I think Nathan Jones will do great down there, and they'll mm-hmm. bring. He'll bring them back up. But yeah. it's just the money. I think it's just seeing Bournemouth spend so much money was sort of crazy too. Especially when they went to Scott Parker and said, "Oh, we're not spending any money." That was the thing that's funny too. Is like, yeah. but Bournemouth spent all this money in January. And it was like, oh, wait a second. Oh, now you're going to spend the money? That's interesting. <laughs> I do think right. Bournemouth will go down. The third team is the Wolves. Is it West Ham? Is it Nottingham Forest? Is it Leicester City? <sighs> it might be Leicester. Mm, I don't think so. I think Leicester will be okay. You think Leicester still has the talent to they've stay have, up? They've got enough. They've got enough firepower to hold. Uh, keep it together. Brandon Rogers is a very good manager, and it, I think they'll figure it out. I think they bought a they bought a center back over the over the thing. They bought Tete, who's actually a really good winger. I think they're gonna find some flow and some things, and they'll be okay. Let's Sutar. That's who they bought. Sutar from Stoke City, and he's supposed to be like the next coming of Harry Maguire. Instead, oh boy, boy howdy. Well, when he was um, at Leicester, he was excellent. So instead of answering who we think is gonna come in third, let's leave you with a couple questions. You can answer these. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Did Liverpool choose the wrong winger to keep? Osadi Mane and Mosala. Hmm. Yes, I agree. Well, I, I, that's I, no, no, no they slight to Mo Salah. They should have kept them both. I don't know if that was possible. I well, they should have kept them both. To. I think they should have kept them both for one more year and then got rid of both of them and brought new players in. Ah, uh, okay. I I can see that. Yeah. I agree with that. One more year of it. See if they can do it. Go from there. Second question. So, second question is the English. I'm going to keep you up. Blood and Thunder manager. Actually, more successful than people think they are. Here, hmm, yes. Here's the thing, though. Sean Dyche is not. I I feel like we we've incorrectly earmarked him because of where he was and the style of play that mm-hmm. he had to play. Sean Dyche. We'll bring up his name because that's a very like the clear name. Sean Dyche is actually far more. His ideas are far more deeper reaching than just like hit the ball long, knock mm-hmm. it down. See what happens. He is very famous for Route One stuff. He is. He's famous for Route One stuff because that's what they could afford at Burnley. That right. was like he developed a way so they can consistently 
finish 12th, 13th, 14th. And honestly, in a way, I think maybe he lost that team at the end of that Burnley team, and they, that's why they were relegated. There's also this, for me, this thought process of Burnley wanted to change the way they played. The American mm-hmm. owners didn't like it. They were kind of done with it. They needed to start over, reset the project. And they're down in the championship, and they're going to come right back up with um, Vincent Company. Sean Dyche can play progressive, fun, right, attractive mm-hmm. game. Like he he knows how to do that. Now for a team like Everton, they're going to go into this highly aggressive. They probably will play some Route One stuff, and their only his only goal is to keep them up this year. Mm-hmm. His only goal. Now what I might what you might see happen with Sean Dyche is if they do stay up, and I do think he'll stay as the coach. I feel I was really rude to him in the last uh, couple podcasts about like <laughs> what the idea was be like, oh, have Marcelo Bielsa come in right after him. Yep. After reading more about the way he goes about things, I had to do my work because mm-hmm. I felt really, I was like, they, they, right, a lot of people right. are talking about Sean Dyster actually being a really good manager. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I've always known him as this one thing. So even as a route one guy, yeah. the way he went about it was like intelligently developed. Yeah. He's one of the proponents of taking long throw-ins. Yep behind the other's line quickly mm-hmm. because there's no offsides on right, it. Right, and right. so it's always been like this essentially market inefficiency where he's like, teams don't know how to mark this. Yeah. We should do it as quickly and as far as possible. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so like it's it's clearly a thought out like we can maybe steal right. something here with right. this. And he, he has this like kind of, he has this attitude about him too where he's like, oh, you think I don't know my shit? Like, <laughs> right. No, I know my shit. Back the fuck off. Like, right. they, just because I think toughness is the most important thing doesn't mean that I I don't know how to play technical technical soccer. Yeah, right? and the other thing is too is it, it, I think that's where you know some of these other coaches like as, as being an Arsenal fan, Arsene Wenger hated going to Burnley mm-hmm. and playing Sean Dyche, mm-hmm. and I think part of it was because. And then, and Sean Dyche hated Arsene Wenger in a, yeah. in a way, or he didn't hate him, but he didn't like these these top teams. Right? Because he's like, oh, they get all these advantages that we don't. And this is bullshit. Right. Like we work just as hard. This is right. bullshit. We're just as good as them. We're just we can be <laughs> right. just as good at them in time. They finished sixth yeah. one year. Like they mm-hmm. were really really good. They made it mm-hmm. to the, the Europa League. You know, like they've mm-hmm. done. They they worked really hard. They he he found a team that could do that. So. I think Everton are going to stay up now. Can't believe we were talking about them I, being relegated. They like, were dead in the water. They were dead in the water, but now up. it feels like they're going to stay up because Sean Dyche is a better manager than some of those other managers that are yeah. in that in that group pool of teams. He's a floor raiser. Mm-hmm. Would you? You think he's a ceiling raiser though? Too? Do you think he could be I, a ceiling raiser in time? I think he's someone who, with a decent squad, will get you from. Sixth to sixteenth, you know, and that's okay. There are a lot of guys who can't do that. I think he could. I think <laughs> if if he were properly invested, yeah, like he was never properly invested at Burnley. Right, he right. was playing there with shoestrings a yeah. lot of the time, and and the fact that he kept them up for that long is is amazing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, a team like Everton, the man, that team is going to be sold. Like I, I want right. to make that very clear. They they had a whole peaceful protest outside today. There was a whole thing. There, that's why I think the energy, everything that happened, like was a little weird. It's a little yeah. weird. I think Arsenal just just didn't know, to to it, didn't know what to do with, with what it. was happening. Yeah, yeah. And that team's going to be sold because there's no way Mashiri and the, the the people who own that club are going to be able to stay around to deal with it. They actually, by security advisors, were told not to come to the stadium today because there there's thoughts that maybe they were going to be there, and they were told don't show up. 
Yeah, don't don't be there's there. There's like forty five to fifty thousand people outside, and they all want to. They it was peaceful. It would have been a peaceful yep. protest, but they decided not to because they've, they've. Right, if you're there, it could go poorly. Right, just right, because right, right. you might be incendiary. Yeah, so I th- I wonder what it would be like if Sean Dyche was properly invested, what the kind of team he would have, and how they would be. That's all I wonder, and I think that's maybe a bigger question for uh, another day. And I wonder if he were to receive that, how they would actually do. Because I wonder, I just wonder, would he make Everton a power again? I think that's the question to end on. Will Sean Dyche, could Sean Dyche turn Everton back into a power? The blue and the red side of Mersey's, of Mersey. Could he, could they be the better side with Sean Dyche? <laughs> so a crazy thing to ask. What, what I'm hearing is we've done a manager series on Pep, Klopp, mm-hmm. and Tuchel. Sean Dyche manager series when? <laughs> As always, this is Ryan Whiting from 141 Studios in the coffee house. I'm signing off here with Paul Cushing. And uh sounds so dejected after how you said that. I thank mean, you. Yeah, hey, that's next on the docket. Apparently, Sean, I'm being told. It's Sean Dyche is a good manager. I think he deserves a chance to show how good he actually is. And and a deep dive manager series from us. <laughs> yes. So on that on that uh, Dacian note, <laughs> Dacian note. Does that sound bad? Uh yes, but I love it. It's not, does it, what, what does it no, sound that's like enter, that's entering the lexicon. The Dacian, it's very Dacian. Dacian. What a Dacian. He's a Dacian type of player. Dacian type player. It sounds very Greek, does it not? Uh sh- Sure. Does Sean Dyche look Greek to you? Like ancient Greek? For the life of me, I can't conjure up an image of the man. Okay, well, we'll just leave it on that one. That's, see, okay. that, that feels like the fire has been fully lit, like, right? Like Heracles? Oh, not Heracles. Like, you know, like the ancient statues that, like, the guys have no hair. <sighs> something, something, the Odyssey. I'm Ryan Whiting. All hail the trash fire. All hail the trash fire. All hail the trash fire.